0: Turning your Bibles to the book of James.
1: Okay, okay. Now that that's over with, let's go ahead and get straight to business. See ya. Hello there. Ah, uh, yes, you can laugh now, but hear me out. I've got business for you, and I can tell by you fine folks, you're all good people of business. And luckily for you, Don Refusio, that's me. I'm here to interest you in many of your fulfilling business needs. If you catch my meaning. And perhaps I can fulfill those needs by producing one of my various pocket items you might be interested in purchasing. Uh, For example, uh, who here might be interested in purchasing what I got uh, a couple of uh, toenail clippers here that I uh, definitely did not pick off the ground? (laughs) No, okay, well, uh, how about this pen that I certainly did not um, grab off of a desk earlier today? It, this blog's to me, and I'm willing to... Okay, not that? All right, that's fine. Okay, well, how about this? What if I told you I have a time machine? Because I could easily take us back to the year 2016. Behold! Yes. I don't know what this is, but it was a big deal back then. Okay, not that? All right, that's fine. All right, you've pulled my arm. I'm willing to present to you something extraordinary. One of the most dangerous, most lethal weapons known to man that I would not present to you if I didn't trust all of you here. But I am a man of trust, so I am willing to present to you the tongue! (laughs) Not just any tongue, it is the tongue. This little bad boy here is responsible for conflict everywhere. I'm talking relationships, family, friendships, my marriage. This baby is the reason for causing pain to it all. I mean, if you think about it, the tongue is probably the reason most lies exist or that nations are divided or um, uh, that, you know, like government is screwed up. You know what? Uh, You know, I uh, pitched this uh, to one of my friends earlier. And uh, it sounded good then, um, does not sound good now. So I'm just gonna hold on to that and uh, burn it when I have the chance. <laughs> because uh, you know this thing's been eating me out of house and home, both of which are currently a dumpster. So uh, perhaps uh, we could uh, do something else. Like uh, who here would be interested in uh, purchasing this patented watch? Or at least it would be if I wasn't fired from the patenting office for trying to patent sadness. But that's... Uh, Okay, none of that. Wait, who is that? Is that my ex-wife? Oh, leave me alone. You already took the kids. What more do you want?
0: (laughs) Thank you to the gangster in the house. Today, we're going to speak from James 3, verses 1 through 13, but we just can't skip over a couple passages in the very first chapter of this book. James 1:19 says so then my beloved brethren let every man be swift to hear slow to speak slow to wrath for the wrath of man does not produce it actually does produce but it does not produce the righteousness of god the wrath of man produces chaos division wars rumors of wars all sorts of conflict verse 26 If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Who does not want to have a religion that is useless? Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We live in a world full of chaos, full of conflict, with unbridled tongues, and Americans are some of the worst because we have all the freedom. I don't want to go to a third world country where they don't have freedoms, but at the same time, we have freedom brings responsibility. Can I get an amen? Amen. So chapter three, verses one through 13 of the book of James, my brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment stricter. So as believers, we, we will face judgment. So live in lives of wrath, God will deal with us. We are illegitimate children if he doesn't punish us when we need it. But when you become a teacher, a leader, that's a higher level of calling. And a leader cannot make excuses for weaknesses by saying, well, what about that guy? No, you got to step up to the plate and Repent when called to account. Verse two, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. So how much does a horse weigh? Thousand pounds? How much does a bit weigh? Quarter pound? I don't know. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Why does the two-ounce organ in your mouth, the little devil that hides behind the pearly white gates, get blamed for so much? because you can't talk without it. Try that sometime, not right now. It don't work. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. In my childhood, I remember a smoky bow. Don't play with matches. One match can burn down West Texas. Verse six, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. Who knows, we need God's help. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. If you don't believe it, just make us angry. And here comes the poison. Verse nine, with it we bless our God. Hallelujah and heavenly Father, I appreciate you. And with it we curse men. Who do you think you are? You little blankety-blank. Who have been made in the image or the similitude of God. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. That's the old King James. These things ought not to be so. Verse 11, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? My grandparents used to pastor in Heber Springs. And they, in the center of town, have these different faucets you go to with different springs. And each faucet has a little different combination of minerals and a little different flavor. But they're consistent. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Verse 12 Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. When you mix fresh water with salt water, what do you get? Salt water. water. Verse 13, beginning of the next paragraph. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct or good speech. Good speech is conduct, isn't it? That his works, or you could say his words, are done in the meekness of wisdom. Lord, speak to us from your word in such a way that it impacts the way we live. In Jesus' name, amen. This subject is really a major theme in the Bible. Definitely in the book of Proverbs. But there are verses, just look up the word mouth, see how many times it's in the Bible, the word lips, the word tongue, the word voice. It's all over the place. And it's not popular to preach about it every Sunday. It's true. So listen closely, and if the Lord leads you, listen to it again, because I don't want to preach this every Sunday for the rest of my life. But it could, because it's so needed. Proverbs 18, 21 says death and life. Can we say both? Both. Are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So which fruit do you want? The fruit of death, the fruit of life. So there's the fruit of a tongue that needs to be tamed and the fruit of a tongue that is tamed. So today we're gonna talk about the fruit of an untamed tongue. Another time, the fruit of a tamed tongue. Tongue, can we say tamed, (laughs) trained, Trained. discipled? Discipled. An untamed tongue can be death, can we say dead? dead? It can kill your friendships, it can kill your career, it can kill your ministry, it can kill your neighborhood, it can kill your family, it can kill your marriage. Did I say that? If I said it again, then it's just underlined because... Is so important. We cannot just open our mouths and say whatever comes in our head. We have filters, and the fruit of the Spirit is a good filter love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faith, unless you make me mad. <laughs> An untamed tongue can be inflaming. Can we say fire? fire? We read it earlier, verse five even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. (sighs) Who has a fireplace? All right, before they had these fancy logs that you can buy that starts fires easiest, just a money-saving tip, you know, you can cut those things in fourths cut it in half and in half again and save somebody, still start a fire. But before we had those, we would kindle a fire, right? Twigs, newspaper, and then a little bigger things, a little bigger till you get big enough flame to where it'll catch a log on fire. So when we're angry, inside of us is a fire kindling. The whole revelation of dealing with our tongues is about dealing with our hearts. If the fire is kindling before it goes out of control and then comes out of our mouth, let's let's run to the cross, run to Jesus. Lord, help me to understand. Maybe you have to have a help me understand conversation with your spouse or your child before the fire becomes something that your mouth becomes a flamethrower. And the tongue is a fire. It is, and it comes from our heart. Out of our hearts spring the issues of life. Can't separate them. An untamed tongue can be a world of iniquity. Who's been to Disney World? You know, back in the day, they had Tomorrowland, Adventureland. Now they have the Magic Kingdom. They have MGM Studios and the Epcot Center. And in those places, it's just a whole world of stuff. The wickedness in our ability to speak is beyond comprehension. It is a world. I remember one time I ran to God for help with my tongue and I just confessed every vile thing I could imagine as being in my heart. Lord, cleanse this out of me. And Lord, take this out of me because iniquity is inside us. You know, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. That's an outward visible wound for our outward visible sins. And he was bruised, that's an inward wound, for our inward sins, our iniquities. An untamed tongue can be a world of iniquity that leads to transgression. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity, verse six says. An untamed tongue can be contagious, can we say infectious? It can spread problems. In World War II, there was a saying that spread across the Navy and went even into the shoreland. Loose lips sink ships. The rumor mill doesn't do anybody any good. The tongue is set among our members, verse 6 continues, that it defiles the whole body. Can we say defile? defile? What does that mean? I'm not getting into it, but it's not good. You don't want it. It could defile a church body as well and defile our physical body. An untamed tongue can be set on fire by hell. I mean, James spoke strong. Set on fire by hell. Who doesn't want to be a conduit for hell? <laughs> it sets on fire the course of nature and it is set on fire by hell. Hell. Can you say death? death? That's the abode of the dead. When there are crimes of passion, generally, there are words spoken first. Before you pulled the trigger and killed him, there were words that, that were spoken, that were hurting, that were wounded, that elevated the conflict to the level of someone being slaughtered. An untamed tongue can be untamable. Duh. (laughs) How do you spell it? Guess what? Both are correct. It's an interchangeable spelling. An untamed tongue can be untamable. Verse seven says, for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame mankind the tongue, an untamed tongue, can be untamable by human efforts. I think it was the last president of the Philippines. His name was Duarte or Duterte? I think it's Duarte. Foul mouth, unbelievable. He would just lose it. And one day, flying between islands or countries, he said, he heard God tell him, if you don't stop, talking nasty, I'm taking you out. So he had a big press conference announcing I'm not gonna use any more foul language, no more epithets for me because God told me I'm out of here if I don't stop. So you're not gonna hear it coming from me. How long did he last? Just a few days later, somebody did something wrong and it came out of his mouth. He started up again. The fountain started flowing again. The bitter water started shooting out again and continued to curse till the end of his, his regime. So here's David intending on taming his tongue. He said in Psalm 39:1, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. Who feels like that sometimes? I'm not gonna sin with my tongue. I'm not gonna sin. I'm not gonna cuss. I'm not gonna this. I'm not gonna that. Oh, no, you didn't. He said, I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. Give me some tape. While the wicked are before me, I'm gonna be careful what I say around wicked people. It's a good, good New Year's resolution, isn't it? But David, being a wise man, knew he needed some help. Proverbs 17, 28 says, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Abe Lincoln and Mark Twain are both credited with saying the same thing. I don't think it originated with them. They said, it's better to be thought a fool and be silent than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. So, I'm going to be quiet. You can't do it on your own. There are people that will trigger you. We have triggers. They're untamable by human efforts. I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue or restrain my mouth with a muzzle while the wicked are before me. An untamed tongue can be untamable without the Lord. Can I get an amen? Amen. We need his help. One of the signs that a person's been filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in another language. God doing a miracle in your mouth where as you're saying English, A different language comes out, giving him praise. Verse seven, the same psalm. Here's David making this declaration, this resolution, I'm not gonna speak. By verse seven, he says, now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. My hope is in you. I'm not gonna do these things, but I need you. You. Verse eight of Psalm 39, deliver me from all my transgressions. Do not make me the reproach of the foolish. I was mute. I did not open my mouth because it was you who did it. I love that. Who's had the Lord help you sometime? Lord, we need you to help us all the time. Let's pray that. Lord, we need you to help us all the time. Lord, we need you to help us all the time. An untamed tongue can be full of deadly poison. Can we say fatal? It is an unruly evil, verse eight of James three says, full of deadly poison. It will kill. The child's limerick, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a lie. It's a lie. It's used to strengthen children to, you know, suck it up and don't get hurt all the time. But the truth is, words go deep. They hurt. If someone writes you a hurtful text, read it, but don't read it again. Do not go back and replay old tapes. Live in the now. They didn't send you that message a thousand times or a dozen times or even twice. Once, maybe sometimes they f- send follow-up ones. Don't read that stuff over and over. It'll go deep and hurt you more. You're hurting yourself by doing that. Why? Because words are full of deadly poison. So we're talking about more than just the tongue. We're talking about the pen or the keyboard. The email, the text, the nasty video intended to hurt you. And watching it over and over again will not do anyone any good. And because sins of the tongue are contagious, you're gonna get tempted to lash back, which is what they want. Don't be anyone's puppet. Danger, poison. When we see this, we're warned to be careful with the items nearby or the label that it's on, the item that it's labeled. But when we see it, we need to be reminded that our tongue is so dangerous. How about this? I love Jesus, but I cuss a little. (laughs) Do we really love him? He's calling us to a higher walk. If you love me, why do you not do the things I say? Didn't he say that somewhere? A wise man built his house on the rock is like someone who hears what I say and does them. But a foolish man builds his house on the sand as someone who hears what I say and doesn't do them. Professing our love for Jesus is great, but it's gotta be some follow-up, right? If we tell our spouse we love them, and then we don't live like we love them, what is that? It's just empty words. Just empty words. And then here comes the next thought. Somebody's probably thinking right now, well, I don't curse as much as so-and-so. That's hiding behind so-and-so. If we love Jesus, let's ask him for help to live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and all day Sunday. All right. I'm an exhorter. I'll hammer on it again and again, but I think you got it. An untamed tongue can be polluting. Colossians 3, 8 through 10 says, but now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who's renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him why are you picking on me? Because the Lord is picking on us all. He's calling us to live a higher walk. He wants fresh water to flow from our fountain. He wants the water in our life to be unpolluted. The same lips that say, I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice is saying things that we wouldn't want to even hold in our hand. Lord, help us. A friend recently went out of state and was blessed to see a table full of men reading their Bible and praying together and making declarations of faith. And some of those men got up to leave and it wasn't long till that same table, the men that left behind were dropping the F-bomb like crazy. You mix those two together, what do you get? Salt, water. It pollutes. An untamed tongue can be polluting our praise, verse Nine, with it, meaning our tongue, our mouth, our voice, our lips, with it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. That's God's child. Do we wanna be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? If you have the ability to bless someone, use it, right? But you're less likely to use it if they're bullying your kids. If they're cursing your kids, how many prayers are going unanswered because of this mixture in our lives? Our prayers, God beholds our lives as a whole, Sunday through Saturday and beyond, January through December and beyond into years to come. He beholds our lives as a giant, like a gumbo. Who loves gumbo? Mix it all in a good roux. Well, I don't cuss much. Well... Would you like a little garbage put in your gumbo? What, are, what is the Lord hearing? This is the beauty of repentance. Thank God, he purifies our praise when we repent. But I want him to smile when I sing and not have to say, dude, repent. First John 4.20 says, if anyone says I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Men have been made in the image of God. They're his children. They're called to repentance too, but this game of will you go first, it's child's games. We go first, why? We're leaders, we're called to be examples. All right, an untamed tongue can be a contaminated spring. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Nope, it does not. And we are to be the springs of the Lord. Out of his belly, Jesus said, will flow rivers of living water. What are we talking about? We're talking about being hypocrites. What's the definition of hypocrite? Two-faced? Two-faced? To wear a mask, Hypocritos, dig it up, research it. But I love this definition. A hypocrite is a person who's not himself on Sunday. I'm not expecting comments after the sermon today. If the shoe fits, wear it. Step on your own toes so I don't have to preach like this. Repent, stop being a hypocrite. Years ago, we had a member of the church who had someone who worked with him come to church and gave a bad report on him because of his language, of his mouth, of his speech. A hypocrite is a person who's not himself on Sunday. Who we are on Monday is who we really are. If we're different, then Sunday's just religion. Empty, empty religion is what it is. I'm preaching to myself. An untamed tongue can be fruitful. Those who love to speak will taste the fruit of their, of their speech. And who wants to be unfruitful? Nobody does. Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives? Nope. I love to pick some fresh figs that are ripe right off the tree. Olives, not so much. Sure, don't want olives off a fig tree. That's a distortion. Or a grapevine bear figs? No, ripe grapes are great right off the vine. Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. An untamed tongue can be piercing. We say, ouch. ouch. A tongue can be sharp. There's a couple passages in the Old Testament about people sharpening their Tongues. It became great. I have a friend that paid money to go to the Scarborough Fair, one of these Renfests near Waxahachi at the time, and he paid a professional insulter to insult him with a British accent. <laughs> Masterpiece. Talk about piercing. You know, if I had a dog like you, I would shave his and make him walk back. Stuff like that. Proverbs 12, 18, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Let's face it, there's a sword in your mouth. Revelation reveals Jesus is having a sword in his mouth. We have a sword in our mouth. How are we gonna use it, for good or for bad? Well, I wanna hurt somebody because I'm hurt. Well, that doesn't do any good. They're gonna retaliate, and you're gonna get even hurt more. Oh, no, you didn't. An untamed tongue can be piercing like a sword. An untamed tongue can be, and this is the last one, ensnaring. Can we say trapped? Trapped. Trapped. Proverbs 18, seven says, a fool's mouth is his destruction and his lips are the snare of his soul. You ever get caught telling a lie? It's best just to fess up and repent, than to tell another one. You're just gonna tangle yourself up. If nothing else, lose credibility. Who wants to have credibility? It's important that we have good reputations, that we don't just have good voices, and we can't just quote scripture, but we live scripture. Lest we be snared, our lives ensnared by our words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What kind of fruit are we living? The fruit of an untamed tongue. James one twenty six. in closing. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart or her heart, This man's religion is vain. The New King James says, useless. Lord, I ask that you give us pure religion that impacts how we live daily with our family. Lord, may we be quick to repent when we mess up and not give up. Don't give up pent in Jesus name in I
2: want is to live within your love be under
0: for a touch of heaven to transform our lives as you touched the person's tongue with your spit and they were allowed to speak lord touch our tongue with your finger with your spirit and we can speak as you'd have us to speak i received this text today from murray galloway who's a southern gospel singer and a pastor from i think indiana He said, what we say often and affirm to ourselves becomes our belief. Our belief determines our actions, and our actions become our way of life. And you repeat after me, Lord, I give you my heart.
2: I give you my heart.
0: I give you my mouth.
2: I give you my mouth.
0: Help me to watch what I say. Help me to watch what I say. And to put away those phrases that bring death. Give me new phrases that bring life.
2: Give me new phrases that bring life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace that passes understanding. Peace that is not based on human compromise but on Calvary's conquest and Christ's finished works. Shalom, peace, wholeness. Shalom, y'all. Go get them, tigers. Stay with us and eat if you can.